Loaded bases. Max Bain, how's it going? Good, man. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm just glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for having me on tonight, man. How yeah, are you? Dude, for, dude I, I'm glad that you're here. I, uh, I am dreading looking outside because we're supposed to get 7 to 12 inches of snow tonight. Yeah. So, it's kind of hitting us over here, too. Where, where are you at right now? So I'm in I'm in Metro Detroit. So the snow okay. typically cools off by the time it hits our side of the state, but mm-hmm. uh, west side of the state, um, you know, my girlfriend's sister's living over there, and they're supposed to get like somewhere around a foot and a half tonight. So yeah, fun, yeah, fun it stuff. It is. I am I am, dude. I hate the wintertime, man. It is not fun. You and I both. You and I both, and <laughs> it's just. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. It just makes everything a pain in the ass. I'm saying because we were. We were talking before, and then you said that you lived up in a federal way, like to go train at driveline. Yeah. And if it snows over there, like on that side of the state, everything yeah. shuts down. It I was kind of kind of fortunate crazy. enough to not have to deal with that. You know, everybody was talking about everybody's talking about how it rains every day there. And it was like my buddy and I got really lucky. We stayed at Airbnb about 10 minutes from uh from driveline. And I mean, the worst rain we had was like a, like a, a mist that was like just yeah. annoying enough to bother you but like it wasn't anything crazy man it was uh, i mean honestly it was a really really fun experience yeah it's i mean because it it does rain all the time over there it's not it, but no i will say nothing beats a sunny day over there oh no way and say so like in the summertime nothing. over there yes dude, we got a couple sun, even even in december though we got a couple sunny days where it'd be like 50 degrees and it's gorgeous over there man it's perfect Yes. Yep. That's absolutely. I loved it over there. So, Max, what yep. what do you do? What what organization do you play for? <laughs> so I'm with the I'm with the uh, I'm with the Chicago Cubs. Um, I uh, I signed as a undrafted free agent in January of 2020, uh, right before the pandemic hit, uh, and I've been with the, with them since. Do you like it? Oh, I love it. I love it, man. It's pro. It's pro baseball. The the uh, the guys I get to meet. You know, that's kind of, um, you know, the, the guys I get to meet, the walks of life and just getting to hear everybody's story as to how they got to where they are is really exactly. interesting yep. to me. And I think it, uh, you know, there's so many routes from point A to point B. And I think minor league baseball is just like this perfect concoction of that. And it's, uh, yeah. it's really cool, man. So, you know, getting the chance to compete against the best of the best, especially, you know, kind of given my story and where I came from um, mm-hmm. and how I was able to get to where I'm at right now getting that chance and having that opportunity to compete uh, every fifth or sixth day has been, it's been really enjoyable. I've learned a lot. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but um, it's been really fun. And the successes are just as fun, if not more. Yeah. I I mean, like, cause I do want to hear like your journey. Like it's, I mean, because yeah. like every player's journey is every, everyone's different. And that's yep. the part that I love about minor league baseball. Ju- just like you said. Yeah. So were you, were you always wanting to be a professional baseball player? Yeah. You know, I don't know that I recognize the reality of it. Um, just because, you know, I played division two ball in, in, uh, in Michigan and we were, we were actually the northernmost team in our region. I went to Northwood university, um, a little small, little small business school, uh, about 500 kids in my class. I actually graduated with more kids in high school than I did in college. Oh, Uh, um, so like, Grant, you take that route, and there are a few guys that will make it out of our conference every year, every other year, uh, but it's not like something that you really invest too much time into. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to happen, right? It's not like going to a Mississippi State or LSU or something like that. It's it's a it's a small college, um, 
So, you know, I, I had some looks during my senior year. A um, couple teams, uh, Pirates, Rangers, nothing, nothing really too much materialized, though. Um, one thing I still tell people is I never once received a questionnaire for the draft, yet I was routinely, like, not routinely, but I was told multiple times that I might get a call on day three. Yeah. Um, so I got a couple looks there, and I never really thought it really, like, I never really thought it was going to be legitimate until I, I guess I realized how much I left on the table after, uh, after playing indie ball in the summer of 2019. One, one thing. Are you wearing a... Yeah. Pacific Northwest at? Oh, I sure am. Let's go. Yeah, I sure Let's am. Let's go. I love it up there, dude. Dude. But it's a vibe. no, it, it, it's 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 a vibe. Not to quote your shirt right now, but it's a vibe. Oh, yeah, it's a vibe. Everything's <laughs> a vibe. Everything's a vibe right now. But no, it's 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 interesting, like how how like people get like all these looks, but then like nothing really like directly happens. Right? And then like it everyone, like it's, everybody it's you talk to that played college baseball probably got looks at some point, yeah. Right? Or they were you know talking to this team or talking to that team. And everyone talks to someone. Yes. Yep. Yeah. There's. I'm okay. So then, so then, so you were un, undrafted. How? Yep. Okay. So how was that process? Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I graduated. Uh, I, I, our season finished up in the end of May, early June, something like that. We were playing. We finished up regionals and we didn't win. I think we went two and out. Uh, yeah, I think we went two and out. And um, oh, we did. We went down to Kent State and Ashland was hosting. Whatever. Um, so we finished up early June, I think. Uh, and then I went over to um, or maybe it was early May because I went over and I spent about three weeks in the Northwoods League prior to the draft. So that I mean, timelining it probably early May. So uh, go over there, spend a, spend a couple months over there or, or a few weeks over there. Sorry, um, because that was the first year that they were offering like graduate contracts. So mm. essentially to me, I was like not really worried about getting hurt. Right. I'm a day three guy. I'd rather take the time to stay in shape that way. Um, or at least stay in game shape that way when I do, you know, if I am lucky enough to get picked or if I am lucky enough to sign an independent ball contract, I'm ready to go when the pen hits the paper, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was fortunate enough, you know, I had some really good dudes on that team uh, that were also some older guys. You know, I played with a kid named uh, Jay Coover, who was a Division two kid. Um, he played at Hillsdale College. He was selected in the 29th round. And uh, I'll never forget, like, we're taking we're taking team BP and he gets like called up to the coach's office, whatever. He's got to take his phone call. And I just remember like not like following up there, but like, you know, kind of like giving it five minutes, then going up yeah. there and be like, oh, dude, this is sick. Congratulations, whatever. You know, you're going to go crush it. Like we don't want we don't want to play with you anymore, dude. Like, go yeah. go be a pro ball player, dude. So that was cool. And then uh, one of my buddies, uh, one of my teammates, uh, Alex Nolan, uh, he signed the following day with the Toronto Blue Jays, where he still is. Um, so he wasn't a day three guy, but like immediately after, like they had a, you know, they had, every team has those, especially in the 40 round draft era, but they have those kids from 30 to 40 or even 20 to 40 that don't sign. Yeah. So then they go after the NDFAs right after, uh, right after the draft. And he was lucky enough to be one of those. So, um, but I just remember like, you know, I, like I said, I, I had been told multiple times that I might get a call on day three. So I'm kind of waiting for my phone to go off. And I even had my I even had my phone on the field during BP, so I didn't miss my call. You know, uh, I was overly. You got to do that though. Yeah, hundred percent. So, have that. Um, 
So, you know, I just remember watching the draft tracker and just like every name that went by. And like I said, I had talked to the Pirates and Rangers and or I guess the Rangers had come to see me throw. They had never really talked to me. I'd had a pre-draft interview with um, with the Pirates back in the fall. So if I graduated 19, it was fall of 18. Um, I had a pre-draft interview with them and they had been out to see some games. So like I'm following the Pirates selection every round. Um, and they, funny enough, they had actually taken a catcher. Uh, of a team we played against to open up the year. Oh, no shit. <laughs> so, um, so I just remember following their selections every round and, um, it just didn't, didn't materialize, man. And, uh, you know, I went and congratulated Jake on getting selected, but you know, when the end of the draft hit, it was like, holy shit, like, is this going to be it? Like, is this it? Yeah. Um, and I went, I had to go take like 20 minutes and I like went to my truck and I just kind of like, I bought, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I bawled my eyes out my truck, yeah. right? Because like you don't know when your last game is going to be, right? I might, I might yeah. have the summer in a collegiate league, and that's it. So, um, had my 20 minutes to kind of get all the emotions out of you know wondering if this is it, and then you know then it was kind of right back to right back to the daily routine, man. And and looking back, man, like I've said this so many times. I was not like if I would have been selected, it would have been doing a disservice to me because at the time I was really nothing special off the mound, right? If I'm coming in for a one inning appearance, I'm probably 89 to 91, yeah. maybe hitting 92 if it's a good day. Um, I was just finally starting to throw my curveball hard. You know, up until that point, I'd never really done it um, or sustained the command of it. So, um, and I was like grossly overweight, dude. I was like 300 pounds. Oh no shit. Yeah, I was a I was a I was a big dude. And I was like, and I in you know, I'm six five and I wore it well. Nobody nobody ever guessed I was three hundred pounds, but at my heaviest I was three oh four. So um like looking back, like just giving you those things, it would have been a complete disservice to draft me. Yeah. So um from there, you know, play a few more weeks in the Northwoods, uh, and then I signed on uh to play independent ball. Uh, in the United Shore Professional Baseball League out in uh, Utica, Michigan. So it's about 20 minutes north of Detroit. Um, and I had a really great experience there, man. Uh, I played with, you know, I played with a former first round draft pick in Ty Hensley uh, and kind of getting to know his story. I don't know if you've heard his story before, mm -hmm. but having, I mean, the guy, like I said, first round draft pick, he's same year as Marcus Stroman. If any, I think he might have been two oh, picks no before, shit. two picks after Marcus Stroman. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, He's with the New York Yankees, and he ended up doing uh, – he got his first Tommy John done. Um, he had Andrews doing it, and then it kind of unraveled during rehab. So he had to get a second one done, but the second one was tied too tight, so then it ripped the bone in the arm in half as he was rehabbing for the second time. Ugh. They had to rehab that, and he had this hip stuff going on too, and it was just, That's just like this amazing – Yeah, it was like bad this news. amazing story of perseverance to the fact that he was like 27 and still playing base, like yeah, pro baseball. Yeah, 100%. Was, awesome and he's still like he was my catch partner man so the stuff that he was featuring was like still there and to me that was i mean looking back that was really cool that the stuff was even there after going through so much bs um but getting to learn from a guy like him getting to learn from you know guys on my team that were you know power five baseball players um you know nolan clenny who's now with the mets and uh you know i had an assistant coach named uh willie martin who was really helpful and just like just the everyday professionalism Right. Mm -hmm. That's a really big adjustment that nobody really talks about. And it's really hard to define it until you do it. Um, so finish out the summer there. Uh, we win the championship. Um, 
we, uh, you know, I guess leaving that summer, I'll leave this here because the question was about my draft experience and um, I'll, I'll leave this answer here. But leaving that summer, I was I was the same as when I went undrafted. And it was like that cliche conversation of like, what's going to make me different that people want to sign, right? Because I'm seeing yeah, people sure. get signed during the summer, right? I'm seeing this happen. And it's like, okay, these guys have an outlier about them, whether it's this guy that throws 97 or this guy that's got 17 jacks on the year or the guy that's hitting 380. Like these guys have outliers about them. Um, and what's mine? And any outlier I had was negative, right? It wasn't good. Yeah. So, so you're, it was so like you're, a cle- Go ahead, say, So you had to figure out like what, what was going to separate you from the others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think for the longest time, you know, seeing the evolution of the game, I was apprehensive to like join it, right? Because I, mm-hmm. if I, if I was, right, if I just said, you know, uh, fuck all these driveline guys, like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna go throw hard, and that's the way the game's going. Everybody's gonna throw hard, so I'm just gonna be the guy that's like 89, 91. I just dot all over the place. Yeah, right. That makes me different. But it was easy to settle on that because I'd already done everything I needed to do. Right at that point, I just needed to stay the same, and it was everybody else's fault. So, yeah. um. I guess coming to the realization that I needed to like get my life together and actually like, cause I was like, I just borderline un, like physically unhealthy and that's wasn't a good spot to be. Um, you know, and I say this from, you know, I'm sitting in my chair today and I'm 235 pounds and everything is completely different for me now. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big jump. Yeah. So, you know, I took that winter and, uh, I was working at, um, I was working at primetime velocity, which is like a high school, velocity development uh program and it was a very like it was in its infancy so we only had about 30 kids and but what it did is it provided me the opportunity to work with these kids three days a week um on the i guess the foundations on which driveline was built which is the biomechanical Mm -hmm. stuff and uh really getting to see the how how the you know using the radar gun as an unbiased tool of measuring development yeah how much that helped these kids so you know, I was training in the morning, I'm learning this stuff on the computer, I'm applying it at night, and it just kind of like all kind of like it snowballs, right? You, the more you teach something, the easier it is it for clicks. you to learn. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, that off season, I went from, dude, it was like, <laughs> it was like uh, beginning of September to beginning of December. I was a guy that could touch 92. And then in December, I touched 96. That's a, that's a jump. And meanwhile, like I'm getting into physically better shape but i i distinctly remember um like during your throwing progression during like your traditional driveline phase or driveline throwing program you're gonna have your on-ramp period which is typically followed by like a little mini deload to kind of give the arm a little bit of a break because it's not accustomed to doing this kind of stuff then you have like an aggressive velocity phase which i think uh my throwing trainer and i took about four weeks to do mm-hmm. uh and that really took me once I had taken some time off of throwing, going through the on-ramp, going through the velo phase, that took me to the beginning of December, and I got asked, I was asked by the Rangers to throw another bullpen. And they're like, well, when do you want to do it? Does like next Wednesday work for you? And I was like, I haven't touched the mound yet, and I'm like, I'm just coming off of velo phase, but like, you're not going to tell a team no. You have to do it. Exactly. You so have to do that. I showed up the following week, and... I made it a thing. You know, I had two people from the Rangers there. I had one of my college teammates had become a scout for the Twins. Uh, he he showed up, and then 
uh, I had a cub, I, I had a cub scout show up and, uh, remember that day it was like, I think it was the second day I touched the mound, right? Short notice. It was, I think I legit think it was the second day I touched the mound. At this point, the only thing I was rocking on was that I had pulled down 100 for the first time. And typically what that means is it's going to put you about four to six off of your top capable velo. Mm -hmm. So I go into this bullpen and by and large, and again, I'm still like 280, right? I'm still not where I need to be physically. But by and large, I'm like 92 to 94, right? I'm like my floor is now what my ceiling was, right? So I'm coming out of this bullpen hype. Right. I'm, well, I'm, yeah, because I'm, you, you're feeling yourself like you're just yes. like, let's I'm 100%, go. I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent bought in. Um, so the cut, you know, the Rangers were, were happy. They were seeing progression in the body. Uh, my buddy with the twins was really happy. Um, obviously the guy with the Cubs was really happy. And I actually got the, the, uh, the Cub scout came back the following week, but what he had pitched was, um, that he was going to come back, not so much as like a scout, but as like a teaching role, like kind of helping, like guide me yeah. through the process, right? The goal is to sign with the pro team. I'm going to help you kind of through that process. Not guaranteeing that it's going to be the Cubs, but we're going to work on some stuff. So he comes back the following week and that same adrenaline's not there, right? So I go into that pen and I'm, again, like I'm 91, 92. So a little bit deflated, but like still for being in that setting in December, being 91, 92 is great. Um, so in each one of these pens, I was incredibly aggressive. Like afterward, I was like, okay, like what's next? What are we doing next? How are we going to get this thing done? Because I want to do this and I'm going to do it right. Uh, but like what's next? Yeah. So um, after the second one, the Cubs guy, he's like, you know, we think you'd be a really good fit. We're going to try to get you a contract. Um, you know, you'll, you'll be hearing from me. You'll be hearing from me at some point. I just got to, you know, run it by a few people and obviously work it up the chain. Um, and I, at that point, like, stout right hyped hyped exactly yeah exactly so i'm celebrating with my throwing trainer uh and i remember uh i actually texted my college teammates because we had like a group me i'm sure you'd like i'm sure oh yeah oh yeah so we got a group me that's like 70 dude 70 dudes deep and <laughs> i told them all i'm like hey like i'm expecting to sign with the cubs like i just wanted you guys to know first before it gets to social media um might be a week or two but i think that this is going to get done um I didn't hear from the Cubs for like four weeks. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. So um so I had a couple teammates reach out and they're like, hey, is there like any progress on this? And I'm like, uh yeah, I still think it's gonna get done. I'm just waiting to hear back. It's just hanging uh, out there right now. Yeah. So um beginning of January rolls around and we, you know, we at primetime set up like a college pro live A B day. Mm -hmm. really fun it was a really fun experience the first time i don't know that we knew properly how to run it um uh, but like it it really it went really well we had guys like sterling sharp there we had jarrell cotton um and i you know i saw those you know that's my chance to see hitters now i've gotten like three or four weeks on the mound yeah i'm gonna go film everything because it's gonna be my first time against hitters and i'm gonna blow it up um and i go into this live ab day and this is the video that ends up getting on pitching ninja as my free agent application um and i go in and i'm 94 to 96 and i touch 97 which <laughs> so like again lit right <laughs> and i'm throwing like i think i walked one kid i struck out three or four like i i had a I had a day um so post that video uh and immediate like i shouldn't say immediately 
over the next probably two or three days, I think I heard from 18 teams. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, and it wasn't, it wasn't all contract offers and stuff. There was a lot of preliminary stuff that has to go yeah. in, you know? Um, I guess I can't, I can't speak to like which teams asked for what just cause, uh, you know, that's their scouting yeah. process and I'm not going to oh, yeah. leak that, but, um, there was a lot of preliminary stuff that had to go on that had already happened with the Cubs. So I think once, you know, once they saw that and th- not that they knew that other teams were contacting me, but once they saw that video, it was like, okay, let's get this done. Uh, and they called me going. exactly so they called me i think they called me three days after or four days after and they were like uh the scout called me and he goes hey um i don't want to freak you out but you're gonna get a call from craig Breslow later today and he's gonna offer you a contract Ooh. and i'm like holy shit so craig Breslow is our director of pitching uh he, he spent about 10 years in the big leagues uh actually i think he spent the better part of 12 um but that's a guy like I watched bounce around the AL Central growing up. Yeah. So I know exactly who this guy is. Uh, and I sure enough, five hours later, I get a call from him and he's like trying to pitch me on the organization. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm going like, to say yes. You don't so. have to tell me about the Cubs, man. Like I know yeah. who they are. Like, <laughs> yes. Let's do this. Yes. Yeah. So and like at this point, I've worked my way down to about 265, 270. I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm throwing as well as I ever have. Um, And I I guess, you know, there was a little bit of a process just because I did have some interest from some other teams. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like I had like scheduled bullpens for other teams. So I wanted to see those through. Uh, But when you get a call from the Chicago Cubs, you don't say no. No. Uh, You have to take that. Exactly. So um, that was like January 10th or something. And I signed. I was down in minicamp by January 20th damn yeah so i yeah my life kind of flipped upside down yeah so um i guess the long you know we started with how my draft experience went it sucked but i think it was completely for the better because there's no way in hell i'm sitting where i'm at right now if everything happens for a reason yes yep and that oh damn that's awesome 100 percent. so yeah man it was uh it's been really cool it's been a really cool experience and I mean, honestly, we talk about everything happens for a reason. We could talk about the whole COVID 2020 summer. Um, Dude, that, that kind of- honestly, that year was probably, I enjoyed that year. Yes. And it's like, it's hard to talk about it, right? Because it's like, you want to say that, every, you know, COVID was, you don't want, because <laughs> I can't word it like that, right? You can't say COVID was a gift, but the time that it brought. If you, yeah, I wouldn't say because if you use that time, to better yourself or create something to help yourself or inspire others, then, then that time was nice because I mean, because I can guarantee you that a lot of people either like didn't do anything like, like with that time. Yeah. And it was just wasted. It was like free time to be at home. Yes. And it would have been really easy to sit back and collect the checks. Right. Dude, I, I mean, I wish, a lot of that. I wish, but I was, I was considered a essential worker. So oh, I, didn't, boy. I didn't get the extra. I think, I think Washington state, it was a extra six, 600 bucks a week. Like for really? Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So I, I kind of wish I was unemployed for it just for the money part, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, it, man, dude, tw- 2020 was wild. I mean, just like I started, that brought, I started a, like, this podcast for it. Really? Yeah. And look, I mean, shit, man, look what it's grown into. 
Oh yeah. You got sponsors left and right on here, man. That's, that's that, I, yeah. that is so cool. Yeah. Right? That's uh that's awesome, man. That's very cool. And it, it like I said, man, it's the time that it brings and the opportunity that it brings with that time. And that's kind of what I use to I was a guy, you know, I went down to minicamp and like I said, I was in that I, I on a regular day, I'm gonna probably be in like that 93, 95 range, right? Yeah. You take a little take away a little bit of adrenaline just because first time seeing hitters, stuff like that. You're looking at your average is probably going to be about 93, 95, and I could hold that for about 20 pitches because, like I said, I was still 265, 270 pounds. Um, so that was a, that was a very hard thing to maintain. So very, I go into camp very clearly a bullpen guy, um, and I kind of get there and I'm like, yeah, I'm still nowhere where I need to be. Like I'm nowhere near where I need to be. So uh, I'm going to have to fix some things. Yeah. Uh, and again, right? We talk about how it would have been a disservice to draft me. I honestly think it might have even been a disservice if I played that 2020 season as a bullpen guy. I I don't know that I'm still in pro ball if I play that 2020 season as a pro ball. Like like a really scheduled affiliate season in 2020, I don't think I was prepared for it. Because you were so new. Yes. Or, or and I it... don't know like I don't I don't know that I was good enough to sustain that for an entire year. I think I could do it once. I think I, I could yeah. I think I could do it ten times. I don't know if I could hold it for 45 appearances or 50 appearances, however many I was going to get. So I see these guys. I see everybody walking around. I see what the top prospects look like. I see what the big leaguers look like because that's when everybody was still working together. And yeah. um, I'm like, shit, man, I'm not where I need to be. So go home. I'm living with my family. And shout out to them because – and I've said this before a ton of times. Like they took the they took care of the nutrition side of things. Um, like – grill that's every the hard night. part that is the hardest part it kind of wasn't though because really? you couldn't you couldn't go out to eat because oh well, you well, kind of yeah, could everything but, was like shut yeah, everything shut down exactly yeah so it was like a, you could go out to eat but it was like out of your way yeah so like you know how they say like it takes three weeks to create a habit yeah right so you eat i was like eating perfectly for like three weeks and then it was something to where i just kind of started treating food as function man and i was eating i had the same i had the same thing for breakfast i had the same thing for lunch and i rotated between three dinners and i had the same snack before bed every night and i dropped another 35 pounds in those three months at home Damn. that i was so um and during that time uh i actually it was the first time i had experimented with a or not experimented I was assigned a starter's workload for the summer. Um, so they kind I think the cut, like the people in charge of like writing programs kind of mm -hmm. saw me becoming this better athlete and they're like, Hey, maybe he's not a bullpen guy anymore. So, um, logged a hundred innings at home, got the chance to do that, but that's not something I get the chance to do if we play that 2020 season. That is true. So I really took 2020 in that time, the opportunity of the time that it brought, uh, to make myself the best athlete that I could be. Hey, yeah, it's 2020 was a blessing in disguise. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. And that, yeah, it, it's, I mean, and say like for me, so I mean, because I was excited like for the, for like the baseball season to start. Yeah. And I was, like, I was a complete, complete different baseball guy at the beginning of 2020 than I am now. So like, and then when baseball ended, I had, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to be kind of selfish about it and I'm going to bring, bring baseball to me. But I don't know how. Like I, ha I have no idea. Sure. Like, like what I'm gonna do, like for a podcast. But I'm gonna start a podcast. So, yeah. and then, 
so then I got to talking uh, with uh, Jeremy Wolf at Board of the Baseball, and okay. he got me kind of like hooked on like the whole like the minor leagues, and that's what I like to focus on. Yeah, I mean because you guys, it's an absolute grind, and that's what I like, and that's what I missed about playing baseball. Yeah, it's so, a. Uh, I, I tell people all the time that minor league baseball is a different sport. Yeah. It really, it really is, man. It, it it really is. I'm sorry, I totally just cut you off there. But... No, dude, you're good. No, I, yeah. I it's 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 uh no, like I I kind of like I mean like well like it's now I kind of view it as I'm kind of in the minor leagues for the baseball podcasting world. I guess like I can kind of kind of put it that way. Um, but yeah, n- now it so like I enjoy listening to everyone's journeys, like how they are, mm-hmm. and that's just yeah, man, it's... pretty much like where we're at. It's amazing. It's amazing the stories that you find. And that's, uh, I guess, I hope it's okay. I take your platform to promote mine. But, dude, 100. That's why, (laughs) hey, you, this is your episode. Okay. All right. You you can talk about anything you want. Like, you can talk about like your favorite song to sing in the shower. Like, you can talk about. No, no, I'm a pretty bad shower singer. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, I, I had started, I actually started a podcast this winter too. And yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. Yeah. It, it's been really fun, man. And it's kind of along the same lines, right? You talk about like getting to see the journey of the guys that are, that are, uh, that you're able to interview and getting to just hear how they got to where they are. And I guess the journeys are cool. And I guess the, the thing that I experienced most in my first season was just the ups and downs up here in my head. Yeah. Um, you know, the struggle that it is to not allow your performance to determine your self-worth. And that sentence is kind of loaded, but when you're spending 10 to 12 hours a day at the park and you're spending another eight to 10 hours sleeping and you really only get an hour or two or maybe even three to yourself every day, it's like, okay, like your whole life is at that stadium. So it's hard not, especially when you're playing only like once every five days, you know, I envy, I do envy position players to the sense that they can go replace a bad day the next day. Yeah. Right. I, you know, especially, you know, if anybody listening goes back and looks at my month of July, it was a really low, like that was just like a really low time. <laughs> it was like one bad outing after the next, after the next. And every time you go out there, you have this hope that, um, or you have this confidence that, yeah, this is going to stop today. I'm putting this shit to yeah. an end today. And then it just doesn't. And it, it's like, it's your rough stretch. And that stinks. So like seeing, experiencing firsthand just how many, like just the ups and downs. And I'm sure I haven't even experienced half of it, but I experienced enough of it to where I, that's what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to go after that in my podcast. And that's, yeah. you know, if people go and listen to episodes, there's, there's a lot of, you know, genuine good conversation in there, but there's a lot of targeted questions toward like, how do you handle your failures? How do you handle, like, how do you build off your successes? How are you feeling when, you know, this stretch of play happened because there's a lot of guys that like in handpicking the guests, there's a lot of guys that I've spent time with and developed relationships with and seen from the dugout play, whether it be on my team or another. So like knowing that guys go through some rough stretches or brutal outings, like getting to get inside their head about that and kind of, I guess, bring that side of it to life Mm -hmm. or to to light. Sorry. Um, It's been really fun. And I, you know, I hope that it makes, I think it's, I think it's making an impact. You know, it's not a huge impact right now. Uh, speaking purely out of the numbers, but don't look at numbers, I, man. 
Yeah, you know, right. look at numbers. You know, I want, I want, to, I want to believe that it's even making an impact with the guys who are on that are even willing to talk about it, and that to me is cool. Yeah, it's it's. I enjoy talking to people. I mean, it's. I mean, like, cause I've came a long way, like for sure. the mental. I guess like for the mental side of stuff. Like, so I, so I have a natural stutter, and like okay. when I was younger, I would go like to speech therapy and all this stuff, and, and I mean, like I would like. I would not want to go to school because kids like would make fun of me. And yeah. now, and then now I have a podcast and I talk to, yeah, like, I was going to say you're running like, a podcast, dude. That's sick. Exactly. So it's kind of like, I mean, like with that stuff, like with the mental side of things, I mean, like I've always enjoyed that kind of stuff. Yes. So yeah. now it's, it's, that's so cool, man. That's, that's cool to hear. Like that story is cool in itself, dude. Yeah. It, it's, like it's speech impairment and you turn it into a podcast. That's yeah. sick. Yeah, it, 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 uh, <laughs> dude, it's, it's been a long journey for that one. I, I guarantee like it's, yeah, I can imagine, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because I probably wouldn't be doing this. I mean, like if I didn't no. have that, no. And, and like, there comes a time where you just kind of have to like, you have to let go of what everybody else thinks. And exactly. It, there comes a times where you get so busy that you can't wonder what everybody else thinks. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the point where I'm at right now. Yeah. I live my life with like 30 unread texts and I feel bad about it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't have enough time for everybody. So I can't care about what everybody else thinks. I don't, I just don't yeah. care anymore. And I'm sure you're the same way. So yep. it's, uh, it's liberating. It's, it feels nice. Yes. Like it, it, I, I mean, cause I get the, I get the, the question like from people like all the time. It's a, like, it just like, what, like, how do you feel talking to like professional athletes? Like, are you nervous about it? And I'm like, no, because they're just normal, normal people that have badass jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, that's it, it. it. I think, I think too, on the surface level, I think our job is really cool. Oh, um, hell yeah. But I don't know. I don't know that it's like, I think if you were in it for a while and not you personally, but like, yeah. You, the listener, uh, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> but I think, if, it, yeah, I think if, I think if anybody was in it for a while, they would definitely see that there are pros and cons to it. And I think that oh, they would see them rather quickly. Oh yeah. Um, you collect that first paycheck and you let me know. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, no, that's, that's an issue. All, all jokes aside, but uh, you know, it's like any other job. You're going to, you're going to have days where you don't want to go. Like, you know, if you, you have, you, you do have to love it, especially in the winter when it's a very, um, it's a very uh, like a, it's a remote job in the winter. Right. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I would say, I would say to anybody who thinks that our job is glamorous, if you have, if you had your favorite meal, 140 days in a row, at the end of those 140 days, is that still going to be your favorite meal? And I can uh, almost guarantee you, your answer is going to be no. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. I might be the outlier on that one. So, uh, in 2018, I spent over three grand in the, uh, of uh, Chipotle holy okay i i think i've probably i don't want to say i've come close to that but i've definitely like if i go out to eat that's where i go like it, it was like every day like on my way home so like so i used to live down in south florida and like on the way home like like or well i would go work gym chipotle and then i'd go go play softball and i would have really chipotle and like dude, like that was my routine and so I, can i can i ask you yeah. one thing uh, yeah. Is it because you enjoyed Chipotle or is it because you were comfortable getting Chipotle? Well, isn't that the same thing? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You can enjoy the food, sure. 
but I think there's a level of comfortability that know like you know that you're uh, gonna get a decent meal out of it, right? Where you if you go try something else, you may not get the same. I mean, you react I, differently. Well, I mean, up differently. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty like picky eater, but I could sure. eat it. Every, I like it was comfortable, but I enjoyed it. So it was like sure. I, I'm telling you, like it was the outlier. Sure, like I could eat it every, and 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 actually, uh, we're getting a Chipotle in Yakima, so oh, I am. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> I would drive like an hour and a half, like, to go get it, like, sometimes. So you're telling me that that new Chipotle is gonna stay in business, dude? Yep. <laughs> I will, uh, reward points, man. I'm gonna get my free Chipotle, always. <laughs> that's awesome. That hey, that's why I always order off the app. It's, it's so easy to get those points. So yeah. easy to forget to scan in store, but you get those. Oh, that's points what I'm gonna line. do. Like, I'm gonna do that for sure. I mean, that's. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like, to back. Um, to back your thing, like, I mean, if you did something 140 days in a row, like, you would 100%, I mean, like, a few of those days be like, no, like, like I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. Yep. And it, like I said, it doesn't matter. You got to push through because everything, especially it, it, the same, the same would go for position players too. But like you talk about starting pitcher, everything is so routine based. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, so, cause you get those four days to think about your, your, your performance. Yes. Right. And your lifts are scheduled the same days. Your, you know, your speed work is scheduled the same days. Your throwing days are going to be very, this like they're going to be very uh, similar in every stretch. Right. So yeah. my, my first day of throwing is going to look the same every time, um, depending on how I feel, but it's a very routine based thing. And you're just doing yeah. it over and over and over again. And in a way, that's the beauty of the game because it's a very monotonous thing and people hate monotony, like a, like a very monotonous thing. Right. So, it's a very unattractive thing to a lot of people. So if you love the monotony of the game, you're golden. And that's kind of what, like, I love the, I, I love the routine stuff. I love to compete. Um, but there, like, there are days I don't want to do it, but you, you go do it because it's your job and yep. you do it right. So you, you can go out the next day that you want to be there. You go out and you do, you, you know, you have success. Yeah. That, that that's like, I would say, because my, my eight to five, man, Counting every day, every damn day. Yep. That's uh, it, it's it's it it's very routine. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm a very like routine kind of person. Same. But it's but it's because I don't know. I've I mean, I've like like pitched like all growing up and that and that was just my like what I did. And then like my routine on game days was the, like was exact same. Like I would have the same like breakfast. Like it would be the exact same. Yeah. And then if I like thought about something different, I, I, it wouldn't like, it would like fuck me up. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I kind of used to be, I guess you kind of bridged into like superstition there where you talk about like eating. Yeah, the same thing. exactly. I think I used to be in that, in that train and I'm not going to like put words in your mouth because that's not fair of me to do. Cause you could feel a completely different way. But like looking back, the investment into superstition seems like an easy way to like not trust the preparation you've put in. Kind like, yeah, right. In practice of the weight room, like it's an easy way to say like, because it's it's really easy to know while you're on the mound. Be like, yeah, I definitely missed three squats the other day. Like it's it, that's really easy to know. But if you're saying like, oh, I ate the same thing for breakfast, I'm gonna have success. That's a easy. That's a different way to trust. Or that's that is something true. Different I to never, trust while you're on the mound. I never really thought about that. And I don't want to say you like I, I'm not here saying that you didn't work hard because like obviously you did you you ended up playing college ball but like it's a different 
it's something different to trust other than the other than the actual preparation that goes into it. I never really thought about it that way. And then I man, dude, like I wish I could like go back and like not think about that shit. <laughs> and then just like just trust the process. Yes. It's okay. So trust in the process. So you went up to driveline and you broke yep. records. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, for the people that don't aren't really informed as to what like a driveline throwing program looks like. Yeah. Um, if you see the guys, if you're at a baseball game and you see the guys throwing the color, colorful balls against the wall, they, they're squishy. They're not, you know, uh, they're not baseball, you know, material. Um, those are called like plyo balls. So you go through a certain routine with them every day. You do certain drills with them. Uh, that routine kind of gets abbreviated during the season because there's not as much mechanical work that needs to be done. Uh, the focus is kind of more as to like what's going on, you know, with the shape of every throw. Yeah. Um, but in the off season, when you are addressing mechanical stuff, there's a kind of like a lengthy plyo routine that happens and workload, uh, intent, mo- like it varies day to day. However, one of the, you know, during, you know, I talked earlier about a velocity phase. Um, during that time, you have the opportunity, if you want, to do what's called a plyo velo. And you take some of those drills uh, and a lot of them are done off the mound. Uh, so you can match movements to the feel for the mound when you do progress back to the mound. Um, there are drills where you're monitoring just how hard you're throwing a different weight. So uh, the common ones are what's known as what's known as a step back drill, what's known as a drop step uh, or a janitor throw, uh, and then a full delivery. And uh, the weights, the plyo ball weights. If you're curious, uh, the blue. If you see a guy throwing a blue ball, it's it's about a pound. Uh, the red one is going to be seven and a half ounces. The yellow is 5.3, which is close to a baseball. Yep. Excuse me. Um, and the gray is 3.5. Um, so those four weights, uh, I go up to driveline and I really wasn't supposed to have a plyo velo, but it was like, I'm at driveline. I'm not going to not do this. You might as well do it at like at driveline. You have to do it. And I knew, like, I knew going in, I would be close. So, like, I go in and I, I, they have this big plyo board, like plyo record yeah. board, you know, weight, uh, like mount velos, all this fun stuff. Every every velo that you can think of, they got it on this board. Uh, so I'm looking at the pro records and I'm like, dude, I am so close. Like, I'm within one on about probably ten. I'm within one mile an hour, and I'm like, you know, if I just have my day here, I'm I'm gonna do something. Like, I I just want to take one of these home, but if I have my day here. I'm going to take some records home with me. And uh, the first throw I let go, the first throw I let go was a step back drill um, with the blue ball. And I broke the step back record by like a mile an hour and a half. Like I just kind of <laughs> blew it out of the water. And I was like, oh, today's going to be a good day. Like I think it was 75-3 and I hit 76-8. And I was like, oh, today's going to be a really good day. We're going uh, home with wanted- records, boys. Yeah, and I went on to take I went on to take home uh, seven of them, and um, two of those I should say I took five solo, and I tied two of them with my with my buddy and podcast guest on the Bane Campaign, which is my podcast um, podcast guest Rob Hill, who is now a coordinator with the LA Dodgers. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a really cool experience, man. So just me and my buddy and he was over doing like a pitch design session. He came back and he's like, what the hell is going on? I was like, I'm having a day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm breaking records. My name's going up on that board. Yep. 
yeah we're, it's cool we're, we're it showing cool. up so but from there oh, you know yeah. if we kind of if we kind of follow the story a little bit uh from there some things some things were about to change or rumored to change in Washington right around Christmas time last year, just because I think COVID was spiking again. Yeah. Um, and again, this is 2020. So this is pre-vax or pre like vax avail- availability. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I didn't want to push it because I know how Washington handles things. Uh, yeah. And I had texted one of my teammates with the Chicago Cubs uh, and Luke Haggerty who had made, who had been down at minicamp. I mean, the guy's, he was 38 at the time or 39 and he's, he's at mini camp with all these 24 to 22 year olds. And he looks like he's the director of strength and conditioning. Cause he is that big. And he's the former first round pick from, you know, whatever year it was. And this guy throws hundred miles an hour and he runs X two, uh, which is a development facility. They have a campus in Scottsdale. They have a location in, uh, North Carolina as well. Um, so I kind of text Luke and I'm like, Hey man, this is my situation. Is there any chance you're hiring? Because I don't want to move back to Detroit. I'd rather uh, – I'll send it and I'll come down to Scottsdale. Yeah, I'll send it and I'll come down to Scottsdale. i got to go there in three months anyway. Uh, Sure enough – excuse me. uh, Sure enough, he had fired – or he had parted ways. Sorry. He had parted ways with his throwing trainer the day before. Ooh, perfect. He's like, like, oh, yeah, man, I got an opening. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah, do you need me to, like, interview? He goes, no, I know you. You're good. So I got a job. (laughs) uh within like three hours and all the time like i'm texting my parents like oh i might be going to scottsdale i might be coming home i don't know yet uh like i'll just keep you guys updated and we're trying to figure out a place to live a car all this stuff um so you know it ends up working out i fly down the day after christmas i spend christmas in seattle uh, myself uh my buddy who is out there with me um and then two of the two of the driveline trainers we all spent christmas mm-hmm. together that was that was fun uh <laughs> and then uh so 26 i fly down to arizona i end up with my with my grandfather's truck um and i end up i stay in a hotel for like two weeks which not cheap but it got the job done yep uh Very and nice. i end up living i end up i won the lottery man because i end up living with uh rio gomez who's with the boston red sox and um he could not have been better, man. He was the, he's still one of my better friends to date and, uh, everything just kind of worked from there, man. I, you know, I had a really good January, February, um, January, February and March cause there was no big league camp. So, mm-hmm. um, getting, getting to make the relationships I did down there, you know, Rio, uh, I met Logan Shore, who's with the, who's in AAA with the Detroit Tigers. I met Phil deal who was in the big leagues with the Rockies. And now he's on the 40 for the Cincinnati Reds and Brooks Krisky, who's, you know, he bounced around the AL East last year and he's going to play in Japan next year. So getting to meet all those guys. And then the opportunities that I had, even outside the facility, man, um, you know, I met, I met Dean Jackson, who was, who's like the head of remote training for driveline, but he's a very big personality. Like if you guys, if you guys are into this stuff and you go search Dean Jackson on YouTube, he's got a very in-depth YouTube page. Uh, just about like biomechanics and throwing and it, it, it goes on and on. Um, but in kind of in, in meeting him, one of the clients that he had picked up recently mm-hmm. uh, for content purposes was Eric Sim. Oh yeah. Uh, King yep. of Juco. So yep. oh, yeah. I, yeah, I meet Eric, him and I, him and I still buddies to this day. Um, and just getting to be around him and kind of just seeing how he went about his business in terms of one training. Cause that dude works his ass off and two content production 
like that's he was really the first guy that kind of got me started in this whole content production game and that like my between washington and arizona those four months that i mean that alone changed my life now yeah yeah it's it like you never know like what's going to happen at all and and that's the fun part about life like it's uh it's 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 wild yeah yeah man um you know I, i if you guys go check out my youtube page there's a lot of cool stuff uh there's, I mean, I shouldn't say a lot. There's like three videos from when I did content, like video content production down there. Um, and it's all filmed with an iPhone. It's nothing, you know, grade A quality or nothing. I actually checked them out last night. What'd you think? I I like them. Yeah, a, it's cool, a right? Plus. It's different. Yeah, different. Yeah. So, but one of the cool opportunities too, uh, at the time, you know, I, I was able to go throw live at bats over at Trevor Bauer's facility yep. uh, over at the Scottsdale airport. And Again, meeting the guys through there, like, oh my gosh, the, just the community down there was so, so much fun. Um, but I guess, I guess while we're on this topic, while we're on this content, like the content production thing, the reason why there's only three videos up there, and I will say this, I will say this forever because I have a personal brand and it's very easy to look at what I do right now and be like, this guy only gives a shit about himself. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You have um, to have your own brand. That's, there, there's an added value, right down the road. There's going to be an added value with that. But oh yeah, hundred percent. It's very easy if you're if you're outside looking in, right? Um, it's very easy to look at my personal brand and the content that I put out there and be like, this guy only gives a shit about himself. He's got a podcast with his name in the title. Uh, he's got his logo as his Twitter header, uh, and he quit doing uh, or he he did video content for like three times just to show off who he was with. Um. But I want to say, and I've said that again, I've said this before, but the more I say it, the more comfortable I feel. So I want to say that the reason I stopped doing the video stuff is because I didn't want to do a vlog of just me training in Detroit. I didn't think anybody was going to want to watch that, nor would I feel comfortable producing that. Um, the other reason is because the guy, I do want to show off who I'm with because yeah. like you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. There's a lot of really cool stories. That's right? what I'm there's, saying. A lot of, there's a lot of really cool stories. And the more that you're able to promote these guys, right? You say a guy doesn't have a personal brand. Majority of guys don't have a personal brand. You're able to promote them in a little way, like whatever little way that you can. That's cool for them too. And yep. that's kind of been, that was the other origin of the podcast is like, I wanted to continue to make content, but I never wanted it to be about me. So those interviews give me a chance to, Sure, we have a 10 to 15 minute introduction and then we sit down and we do an hour to an hour and a half interview. Yep. Let them talk, right? This is about them. This is about like shining a light on this amazing community of dudes. And that to me is so cool because the people who listen to that, they get a different perspective of the product that they're seeing in the field now because they know those people at a little bit deeper level than they did before. And that's where I want the brand to go. It's that like, I kind of want to hit on that. So like, okay, so like I, it's like, I mean, cause I have like a wide range of guests and then there's sure. some guys like who have never been on podcasts before sure. and they think it's like the coolest thing. And I'm like, you know what? I think that, that like you should have your own episode, like, like to tell your story. Sure. And then they like really enjoy that. And then like, then like myself listening to them talk about themselves, like, like makes me like feel yes. good. 
right. it's, it, it is awesome to see people like light up about their story to where they are today. Then for the reason of them being on a podcast, right. And it's, it's, it's so cool. Like my, uh, like, so my first guest I had, so, uh, I actually had the, uh, the previous director of marketing for momentum and, Oh, uh, Alec Palmer. Oh yeah. I love Alex. Yes. He's a man. Yes. So, uh, so it was, it was random. So he, he followed me on uh, Instagram and then I, I was like, holy shit. Like, like, why does he follow me? So, yeah. and then like when I started the podcast, like I went to him because he knew a little bit about like how to do like the content and stuff. So then I had him on at first and it was like, and then I kind of wanted to do initially what momentum was doing. Sure. Just because I liked how they were doing like the live ABs. And then they're doing vlogs and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it was like, and I mean, it was super easy like to talk to him. Sure. And then just boom, just now it's like wide range of people. Yeah. And just like every single person, like, I mean, people like to talk about themselves. That's yes. just, that's just like, like a natural thing. Very much so. Yes. And it's, yeah. I love it. That's 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 awesome, man. Alec Alec's a really good dude too, and they have yeah. a really good group of dudes down there between Tosh, uh, Tosh Semlocker, Tyke Green, uh, Tim Nayman, who's running uh, Tim Nyman, who's running the sports performance. They got a, they got good dudes training down there this winter. Um, Brad Gonzalez, uh, Brandon Bailey, who's making the TJ recovery. He had a big post the other day uh, about how he hit ninety one again for the first yeah. time, or ninety again for the first time in like four hundred fifty days. They got some really good dudes down there, yeah. and that's. That's also what makes the con like that's also what makes the content go right. The more quality people you have within the content, the and the more authentic that those people are, that's going to drive the content. And I think that yeah. that's what the that's the really cool thing about when you let people talk about themselves, they're going to be more free flowing with what they have to say. Right? Exactly. Like, take take me on here for example. You can yeah. probably tell that I haven't been interviewed in a while because I just go on. I've been just going on rants. Do and that's perfectly fine. No, 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 no. It's totally cool because it's. It's who I am, right? I get caught yeah, exactly. on one subject and I keep going to the next. So, um, it makes my yeah, job it, easy. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, it's funny you say that because I think the same thing, right? Yeah. I'm lucky enough. I'm lucky to have two co-hosts, and when they have a question, it allows me to like kind of breathe and exhale a little bit and reset think, to to uh, ask the next question. I think I actually I talked to one to one of your co-hosts, Brian or Chris. Chris. Chris, love Chris. I talked to him. Uh, it was pro uh, turn a pair, Chris. Er earlier this year, I think yeah. we just we just had like one phone call together for like yeah. an hour, and then just bullshitted. Yep, awesome guy. And if you do the if you do the right thing, people notice, right? And people you you don't know that they notice until like I guess they're not going to make it known that they notice until it just kind of happens naturally. So yeah, I'll take for example. You know, you bring up Chris, and one of the guests that he had had on was uh, Josiah Gray, who's now he's been around the league already, and he's like yep. 24, um, Cincinnati to LA, and now with the Nationals. But he's a Division two guy, um, so I had a lot in common with him. He played up in Syracuse, New York, where I had spent three three summers playing in the NYCBL um, or Collegiate Baseball League. Sorry, New York Collegiate Baseball League. He played up in Syracuse. That's where I played. Um, so like, I kind of felt like I knew his story a little bit just cause I had seen where yeah. he's from, you know, like whatever. So 
I follow um, I follow Josiah uh, probably a few weeks ago. It was when I was coming home right before Christmas. So right around December 15th, 17th, right around there. Um, I follow him and he followed me back within five minutes. And I reached out to him and I was like, hey, man, I just want you to know, like, you've been a really big influence on what I'm doing. Uh, just seeing like the possibilities that exist for a guy, even that does come from our background of division two ball that aren't yeah. supposed to make it. But when you take advantage of that opportunity and you don't leave anything for chance, seeing what the outcomes, like the possible outcomes are and seeing where you're at right now and seeing where you've been, that's been a really big inspiration for me. And in terms of like my overall, uh, I guess, transformation and taking ownership of my career. Um, and he got right back to me, dude. He's like, anything you need, I'm always in your corner, whatever you need. So I will say, I haven't asked yet, but he is 100% going to be a podcast guest because I like I want to dive into his head and like getting traded for Yasiel Puig has to be kind of cool. So oh, like, I, like I think that would be awesome. Like that would be yeah, that'd be badass. Those are, those are the questions I like to ask. So, um, yeah, just people notice when you do the right things and when you're genuine and authentic, and I think that's what you have here, and I think that's really cool. Well, I appreciate that. It, it, it's no, it's I have learned that if you don't ask then you'll never know. It's, it's always no. It's always no if you don't ask. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, cause I have, I have a, uh, let's see, cause I had uh, uh, Dallas Brayton, like on my podcast. And that no one was, kidding. yeah. And that was the most random. That It was just a random thing. And then I just asked That's him, a guy, that is 100% a guy I want for mine too. Dude, he, one of the most down to earth dudes. I mean, I mean, cause we talked like, like for the podcast, like for like an hour. And then we ended up, on a conversation about hunting like it was yeah. and then like and then him like being like a beekeeper and just yep. like it was just fun and then and then i actually uh i i just i randomly posted i was like hey uh rob friedman like do you want to be like on my podcast and he goes yeah, yeah for sure so yeah see that's sick yeah so i talked to the pitching ninja next next thursday very cool Dude, like I'm like, like I'm telling you, like it it's like if you don't know and you don't ask, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like if you don't ask, then you you will never know. Sure. That's really cool, man. That's gonna be I mean, shit, man. The Rob Friedman episode's gonna do numbers. Dude, I'm hyped. <laughs> yeah, that's sick, man. But no, sick. I mean, like with yours, like it was dude, like is your 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 response back, like absolutely like I'm like, hell yeah, like like yeah. let's go. Like Absolutely. I'm cheesy to do this stuff, man. I, I like doing this stuff. So, um, and I think it's just like a genuine conversation, man. And yeah. it's, it's, uh, man, I guess if you guys, you know, I don't, I don't mean to take listenership away from your podcast, but if you guys no, like, dude, go check out the Bane campaign, man, it's on every platform. So, you know, check we've it had, out. it's just, dude, we talked about the, I guess I brought up the questions I like to ask and, you know, we had, we had Jordan Wicks on, uh, who was our first round pick? Yeah, and that guy, like that guy, gets tabbed as like the best left handed pitcher in the draft. This guy's big league ready. Like, what's it like dealing with that? Or that's the pressure you know, behind that? Yeah, like what's that's, it like uh, mentally knowing that you're supposed to be the next left handed, or you're supposed to be the next ace that leads the Cubs to a World Series title? Yeah, right. That's impossible to ignore. Right, right now with the with the way social media goes, it's impossible to not see that stuff. Yeah. So. It, I couldn't, I couldn't be, uh, it would be tough to be like a big league guy. And I mean, especially like the people on Twitter, 
dude twitter people are ruthless yes like yep i had a little i had a little bit of a run-in with people recently i don't know if oh, you saw really? that like a huh. month ago i you know i just like uh there was like a cub so this kind of this trend started within our minor league system oh yeah guys deadlifting yeah, like lifting yeah so yeah. turns out there's a large not large there's a good amount of population that th thinks having lifting is going to get you hurt all the time. Um, so one of the things like I took a, I took a screen capture of like all these tweets and I'm going to pull it up right now because one of them is like, Oh, I didn't realize labrum injuries were coming back into style or like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh man. Uh, shoot media. Where are we? That? Oh, got it. Yeah. I see a trip to the IL. One of you guys is going to get injured. It's about time labor injuries came back into style. Yep. The Cubs, the at Cubs are morons proceed accordingly. And it's like, dude, <laughs> why do you, like, why do we have to say these things, man? It's, no. there's so much positivity that could be spread instead of negativity. And yeah, I don't know, man, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's just amazing. Some of the stuff that you see. And I always told, I was actually talking to my buddy that works in the front office with the blue Jays about this yesterday. And he said that one of the best things he did was delete his social media. And I said, if I didn't have a personal brand, if I wasn't trying to grow that, yep, not a shot I'd have social media. If I, no yeah, way. Say same. I mean, like if I didn't have a podcast, I would not, I would not be on here. I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's value beyond, um, aside from what we're trying to do, right? I don't know if yeah. there's value beyond the news collection that you're able to get every day. Yeah, I mean, I. I I mean, I do get bored at work because, you know, because accounting is so much fun. So like, <laughs> I'll like sit on Twitter all day and just tweet like a random shit. Yeah. But like that's just to, I mean, like, but I don't, I don't, I, tr I try not to tweet like negative things because yeah. I like positivity. I like, I mean, because like, I mean, because if you're surrounded like by positivity, life's good. Mm -hmm. Life is flowing. And we're just kids having fun, dude. Like that, dude, that's, that's, what, that's what it came down to. That's what it came down to for me. It was like, we're kids having fun and we're busting our ass to get better. There aren't, there aren't many, I don't want to say there aren't many orgs, but there aren't many, like, there aren't many dudes out there just being like challenging their other teammates to lift heavy shit. And that to me was really fun because yeah. like we're busting our ass getting better. And there's not a more passionate fan base for minor league baseball than the Chicago Cubs. That's what I'm saying. I, I, they they ate that up, and for people to react negatively sucked. It, it's part of it, but I think when you start predicting injuries, that's kind of where it crosses the line with me, and I don't really love it. Yeah, it social media sucks ass, but it, I mean, like, but like, you can find some pretty cool people on there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. There are great follows on there. There are great follows. That's why I don't. That's why I follow a quarter of the people that follow me. I don't follow most people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not I, personal. It's just I, I. like to keep my Twitter feed a certain way. I like to. Keep I need it. to go through mine. I need to go through all the people that I follow and just it's get rid of all of you, it. I used to be like over a thousand or fifteen hundred or something like that, and it's amazing how much it cleared out. Like once I went through and did like the big, the mm -hmm. big clear out. It's amazing how, how much better my feed was. Yeah, personally for me. See, it, it, I mean, because I try and stay like unbiased because I do have a, the podcast that talks to like a whole bunch of different guys, like from like around like the league. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like guys from the Mets, uh, Marlins, I mean, like even the Cardinals, like it, it, it's just like, I oh, want to yeah. say, I know, like, I want to say like unbiased, but that's it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. But I mean, like, but then again, it's, 
it's my Twitter. Yeah. I can post whatever. And then <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to listen like to my podcast, then I mean, then don't listen. Yeah. No, I feel the same way, man. I feel the same way. I just, it's a, um, I think social media is a great way to get, to not be, uh, to not receive the entire story. It doesn't really matter what you're looking for. There's never going to be enough characters to tell that entire story within, within, you know, within a tweet. Right. Yeah. Um, so you saw that. I, 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 we saw that earlier this week. I don't know if you're into college football at all, but, uh, depends on the day did you did you see so did you see the clip though of kirk herb street talking about how players don't love college football anymore because they're opt-in at bowl games oh yeah yeah so right this this little thing gets clipped from 15 seconds and then so if you are listening to this and you did hear about this i would i would ask you to go over this is gonna sound really weird just because of the podcast like the reputation it has but if you go over to part of my take kirk herb street was on uh the wednesday episode so it'd be the most recent one as of now um but he was on and he actually got a chance to explain what he was saying and instead of this this 15 second clip that gets cut where he just says guys who opt out don't love football anymore he gets a whole 20 minutes to explain what he actually said and the fact that what's get what gets left out is that he's got four kids that aren't 21 yet and that he's very in touch with like in very inherently he's in touch with you know the kid, the 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 football in this new day and age, and how people are trying to protect their self worth and go to the NFL, and how he respects that, and it all it all gets distorted because he said this one little thing, yeah, right? and that gets clipped. So, yeah, social media, like social media, is it can be brutal at times, and it's a great place to not get the entire story on whatever it may be. So yeah, I mean, I want to say like especially like for someone like you. That's a yeah. professional athlete. Like you got to be careful on like what you say, just mm-hmm. because people will take it, blow it out of proportion. One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. It even happened, dude. It, it kind of even happened with the Ken Rosenthal thing. Oh yeah, right. It, nobody talked about how it was also the end of his contract. Right. See, that, I didn't know you that. Had to follow. You had to follow every link, but he was at the end of his deal with MLB Network. See, I didn't know that. And they just they opted not to bring him back after he'd been there for twelve years. Oh shit! And that's a very normal thing that happens. And yes, they cited his. Um, I mean, journalism uh, regarding Rob Manfred, but that's what gets highlighted. But that's a very normal thing that after twelve years of a, like a business relationship, might be time to do something different. That's a long. Right? That's a long happened time. in our organization in twenty twenty, right? Theo <laughs> Theo left after nine years. Yep. So, but yeah. that like that part gets left out, and that's. I don't know, man. It's all business, man. Yes. It's all yep. business, and we're, and we're just kids out here just trying to have fun. Yep. 100%, well, man. Max, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah, dude. Absolutely, man. This has been a blast. It's been a blast. If you're listening, I'm sorry I ranted on so many different things. Dude, uh, I'm I hope glad you that you ranted. It. Oh, 100%, dude. That's that's me. So, oh, they enjoyed been, it for uh, sure. One of the things you know, one of the things I've always preached and prioritized in the content that I make or help make um, is overall everything being authentic and genuine. And that's something that I brought here tonight very clearly. So, yeah. um, thank you. Thank you, Mason, for having me on. Thank you to everybody who listened. Um, one last plug for the podcast, go check out the bank campaign. It's on every streaming platform, but if you're going to listen to it, make sure you also still listen to loaded bases. 
because that's also a priority. I just want you to listen to both and devote more time to podcasts uh, and less time to social media. So, uh, <laughs> you're the man. Absolutely. You're the man. Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me on, man. It's been a blast. Yep. Hey, we'll have a great night. Yes, sir. You too.